Boyses and girlses, it's Cooper. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast is proudly brought to you by Midwest Meals. Hashtag Midwest Fit Fam. We are getting into the fall season. If you are a Midwesterner or wherever it is you live, this is when all the dirty eating starts to happen. You start to get lazy, picking up Halloween candy. Then it's there. You open that bag, boom, it's done, it's over. Then you got to go back and get more before the kiddos show up at your door. Keep yourself in check. Go to MidwestMeals.com. Now 13 meals on rotation for you to choose from. You can stack up your week, get your order in by Friday at midnight, and then they ship out wherever you are on Monday so you'll have your meals all set for the week. No excuses. It's clean, fast, healthy eating, counting your macros, checking your calories, and putting the food in your body that your body needs to be most productive. And no matter what your goals are, maybe it's just to eat a little bit better. Maybe it is to lose weight. Maybe it is to continue on a fitness regimen. It all works at Midwest Meals. By the way, not just those 13 rotating meals. They also have a -a build-a-meal program. So if you want to add a little bit of this and a little bit of that and some of that in there, get your macros all on point, you can do that too. MidwestMeals.com. Check out their great selection. And then when you get to the checkout, use the promo code COOPER. Get 10% off your initial order at MidwestMeals.com. And it's hoodie season, and your hoodies should say BGHC. Violent Gentleman Hockey Club on the World Wide Web at violentgentleman.com. Your hoodies, your t-shirts, your caps, your flags, all the things you need to do to represent your hockey love in more of a badassery tone. Yes, they have jerseys too, but even the jerseys are more badass than your standard hockey jersey. Join the revolution. ViolentGentleman.com and at checkout, you get 15% off your first order by using the promo code Cooperville15. Boom and done. And of course, we are brought to you by Monster Energy. I didn't even know that Monster Hydro existed until recently. And once I discovered Monster Hydro, it has become a household favorite. Hydration, energy, focus, stamina, all the things you need to get through a productive day. Look for it at your local grocer, stock up, make it a part of your regiment. And for you quality protein folks out there, Muscle Monster also available at your local grocer or convenience store. Hashtag Monster Podcasts. Make sure you stick around after the podcast for more exciting offers. My brother from another mother, one of the most awesome dudes in not only the music scene, in the music industry, but on the face of the earth. Mr. Blake Allison from Devour the Day is my guest on the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. That episode starts right now. Welcome to Cooperville. Do you know what's fun to do in Cooperville? Pack up your shit and get the fuck out. Listen. The Welcome to Cooperville podcast. On demand anywhere quality podcasts are available. And some places where cheap podcasts are available. And the local gas station has some. Subscribe. Get updates. Feel better about your life. Welcome to Cooperville.com. Check, 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 one, check, check. Welcome to Cooperville. Make sure you use a coaster. The wife gets upset when we leave rings on the tables. Probably the most authentic, genuinely good human beings I ever met in my radio career, Mr. Blake Allison, is on the podcast. Good day, sir. Hello. How are you? I am well, man. I am well. It is great to have you on. It is great to see your face. You got the, you know, this is obviously audio only, but for those who can't see through my eyes, which is weird, big brother, you you got, you got a a good little, uh, little five o'clock shadow thing going on. I'm liking the, Oh, the beard. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
Um, I yeah. Again, I we we've, we've been talking for about thirty minutes, but I <laughs> my my beard isn't as good as yours. I know it. I've been. <laughs> Since I told my wife, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go for a new look, and that look is homeless. And she was yes. like, oh, well, you keep it up, and you will be homeless. And, well, uh, is, that, <laughs> is that something, like, because you're no longer, uh, you know, doing the radio thing, are you now bearded because this is, like, you can't do it there, so you've been wanting to do it? This is a... I think it was a thing that I never felt, and I, I shouldn't say, I never gave myself the opportunity to, to grow the beard. Um, because yeah. I, w- I think I would get to a point, you know, after a-, a week or so, and it would just look like, again, homeless person and would have an event or have like, you know, a remote at a car dealership. And they're like, yeah. who, like, who is like, who'd you send? Like, who's, who's the guy that you sent? Does he have a, does he actually work there? Does he know what he's doing? So I, it, it always came to like, oh, I better, I better clean up a little bit. But then after I got done, I'm like, well, honey, all I have to impress is you. So yeah, <laughs> I don't think she took too kindly to that. You know, she was like, "Oh, um, thanks." Well, it looks good, and but, you don't look homeless. Thank you. I, I I feel like I know a lot of people that don't have beards that uh, are homeless. My my girlfriend works for a company that uh, helps homeless people get mm-hmm. reintegrated to the system, awesome. and it's a crazy thing. Homelessness is not a uh, it's not a thing to to mess around with i can we yeah. we can use cuss words on their podcast yeah this, we are not fcc regulated man this is a totally different arena we are in a world of we're in a world of f-bombs shit fuck, fuck shit piss cunt. yeah we can say it all man it's where we can go carlin on this whole thing if we really want oh, okay. to no but well yeah there's some, there yeah it's, it's it's nothing to to fuck with to uh, be able to yeah. throw that word in there and it's uh um a lot of things that I want to discuss with you, and 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 first and foremost is when we first met, and this was um, it was we had just built ninety two ninety X, um, basically from nothing, from a classic rock station into a full fledged active rock, uh, embracing new artists, um, and and th- we had talked about this several times over our our illustrious uh, radio guy music guy uh, friendship, but like devour the day, uh, and we'll get to kind of how the, the formation of devour the day from. Uh, from the ashes of Egypt Central, but like uh, to celebrate the sh- the shock and awe that they actually let us stay on the air for an entire year um, after some of the antics that we pulled, um, we got a chance to uh, to bring you guys in and and conversate. And one of the 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 great things that I, that I recollect back on from that show is is how like authentic and genuine uh, you are uh, that that Joey is. Um, just like real tangible human beings. And that was something that I think not only resonated with me uh, as a human, but also I think um, following the band from from that position uh, and further down the careers uh, with new albums, uh, with stops. I mean, there was times you guys just happened to be within like 50 miles and next thing you know, you're in the back parking lot. But I think for the fans, there was, there's a realness uh, to you and, and to the band that kind of circumvents any other uh, of the falsehoods that are out there. So it's a, I think it's a, a great thing that we are able to, to have this conversation. Cause I, I never got the chance really to go in depth with you on, uh, uh, yeah. on where you are and how you got to where you are. And, and so this is going to be fun and I'm excited. Well, I am here to answer all of your authentic questions. Authenticity. That's what we're <laughs> all about here, folks. Authenticity. 
when you think back, um, take you back to little Blake Allison, the wee lad that oh, he was, we, knee high eight, to a grasshopper. Eight-year-old Blake Allison. Eight-year-old. Um, you know, what were you like growing up? Were you a, were you a kid that was, uh, were you geeky? Oh, I, were you athletic? Were you, did you, were you always kind of I was, awesome? uh, I was, I was the kid that, uh, was in the backyard, uh, with a cape and a stick. And that was, <laughs> that pretty, I could, I could do that all day, all night till it was time for dinner off to bed next day, school, um, when I was when I was really young, I did well in school, mm-hmm. and uh, I really cared about people. And then uh, as I got older, you know, like sixth, seventh grade, like pressures of having a good girlfriend and then sports and all these things. And then I just I feel like I became kind of a hateful person, right. yeah. <laughs> all the way yeah all the way up until I was, you know, uh, you know I stopped caring about school because. I, I, you know, it, I feel like it just happens. Like as soon as you right. have puberty, it's like, you're like, oh, I don't, I just made this choice. Like I don't want to care about school because right. money isn't important to me and mm. blah, 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 blah. And, uh, and it still isn't, it doesn't motivate me, but at right. the same time, you know, you need it to live. So <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta feed the cat that's behind you. Yeah. I figured that out the hard way. Um, but, um, but yeah, man, I was just a very, uh, to my own self, imaginative, uh, introverted for sure. Um, but you know, I, I, I still would, you know, crave friendship and, mm-hmm. uh, like that. So like having a group of friends was still, you know, very important to me, but, um, you know, I was kind of a brat. I picked on people, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a little jerk. Well, you know, high school is such a weird, it's such a weird time, I think, for, you know, for kids to go through. And I can't imagine, I mean, I have, I have a nine-year-old right now um, who's, who's got some of those same qualities that you had as, as, a, as a child, only like in a different like technological way. Like he is so content with just kind of being himself and being into the things that he's into. And, um, you know, but when you get to that, that kind of transitional period between I'm a kid or my tween or my a teen or my I'm supposed to act like an adult and now I'm you know, yeah. felt, you know responsibility not only from you know I'm, I'm responsible for driving a vehicle and you know the lack of comprehension that I'm driving basically something that could kill a bunch of individuals if I just you mm-hmm. know, don't focus and and then you know getting your first job and you know your first girlfriend and whether you're into sports or you're not you know there's there's always that social pressure I think in high school to and depending on your tiny the size of your town, you know, going to the football game and kind of being in with the the hip crowd and being you know a real team player with the community and um and, and grades obviously the the pressure to uh, to succeed and to you know be sixteen seventeen years old and have like a fucking life plan like okay I got my yeah. vision you know and whether that's pressure <laughs> that's pressure from the parents or or it's pressure from yeah. the teachers or it's pressure from everybody but you know it's not and i think the last decade or so has really proven that you don't if you start to follow things that you're passionate about even at that age whether it's music or whether it's sports or whether it's you know reading if you start to follow those things like you're going to get out of high school and you go wow that all the shit that i was kind of feeling this pressure about 
didn't, I mean, it, it had an impact on me in some sort, in some ways, but like, if you don't go to college, it's, you know, you're going to be okay. Like there are, there are ways, yeah, there yeah. are, there are, are ways to, you will end up at 30 and, and hopefully be in yeah. less debt than those who, who put, you know, four, eight years in, in, uh, in college. But yeah. when, when you, uh, when you look back on those, uh, those high school years and they say that that's when, uh, whatever music you kind of grow up around, um, that's in your home or it's in the car as you uh, are being taken to school, but the influential years when you're like, yeah. you know, kind of that rebel, maybe the jerk like Blake Allison apparently was. I'm not sure how you went from jerk <laughs> in high school to like the most like nicest dude I've ever met. But what was like, where was your wheelhouse as far as like music goes in that, that period of high school? Where were, what were you listening to? Um, I, you know, I, I was, uh, so I would, I remember, um, blasting Limp Biscuit. Yeah. In my car. Um, but I also remember carrying, uh, my love for, uh, the Forrest Gump soundtrack. <laughs> nice. Into high school. So, so I would su- listen that to Southern rock stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had all these, you know, there was a there was a credence song on that on that mm-hmm. soundtrack that I listened to a million times over and just a really like a really great uh, mixture of of sounds and that I started with like you know Led Zeppelin things like mm-hmm. that my dad loved the fact that I loved Led Zeppelin didn't understand Limp Bizkit <laughs> at all <laughs> not not many but, parents ever did they never understood understood the uh, chocolate starfish and hot dog flavored water you know they don't get it yeah. And yeah, still don't, um, <laughs> I, uh, my, um, but it's such a great record. I oh, mean, yeah, I know the music on, on, uh, on uh, that record is just, it's perfect to me. Uh, yeah, I love groove rock, but rage against the machine. And, um, when I was, when I was in grade school, you know, the popular, everything that was popular on MTV was, uh, like Weezer mm-hmm. and red hot chili peppers and Nine Inch Nails and uh, Metallica had, had, you know, Until It Sleeps, that whole yep. thing that they were doing that. And uh, so I carried that into high school, but all my friends were like uh, very cultured in their in their musical tastes. Their parents really pushed a lot of music on them. Uh, so they, they knew about uh, the Beatles and they knew about uh, Paul Simon and uh, they knew about all Elton John and all these, uh, you know, other things that I thought were kind of strange. But you know, I, in front of them, I would be like, "Yeah, I love that." And then I'd get in my car and <laughs> put put in Rob Zombie, you know, and just like blast it on the way home. And uh, and I knew that I I knew that I had a different kind of love for modern music than they did. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I was kind of ashamed of it, but I'm not at all now. Right. And uh, and so I was in a band and like, uh, we would play jam band music. I was the auxiliary drummer. Um, the singer of that band is actually the singer for MGMT. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. We had a, we had a band in high school together and, and I think that's really kind of how the whole thing started for me mm. joining that band. I mean, I always had friends that we would play music with and I did like a talent show in eighth grade. But, uh, when we were in high school and we played like our third or fourth show and we had almost sold out uh, 
a thousand seater. I think they were like, wow. I mean, I say almost sold out, but that we weren't even close. It's like 600 people still, on a Wednesday. Still, and st- <laughs> that's, good. that's good. That's good for today. I know. We didn't know. We didn't know how great that was. Like, uh, the venue owners were just like, holy shit. These kids just came in here and sold <laughs> 600 tickets on a local show on a Wednesday. I mean, they made so much money. They were just like, they treated us like Kings and we didn't even, we had no idea. You know, they're like, when yeah. are you going to come back? When are you going to play again? Let's play again. Let's do another. You know, we we're just like, uh, I don't know. We're going to, we're talking about going to college next year. So, you know, yeah. we all broke up, uh, and, uh, we all went our separate ways and of course, but, um, you know, I think that's when the whole thing started for me. And, and like, as soon as that was over, I went right back to writing heavier music. Mm. You know, I always wanted to write heavy music. And then I got into like 311 during college while I was in drum corps at the University of Memphis because I started to understand what drumming really is, right. not just, you know, uh, I hate to say it, but, you know, it's not all just double bass. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and nobody you know. nobody hits that snare like Chad Sexton, man. Nobody. Hits oh my it. god, man! Pam, yeah. Pam, just wax that He's shit. He's chopping. That's what they he used is. to say in in drum corps. There was a guy there that was their teacher that would be like, I would we would talk about three eleven. He'd be like, Oh, they chopping. Oh, they chopping. Like, they are. They yeah. are. They are chopping. Yeah, they just sure are chopping. Pump on like uh, <laughs> like the the opening uh, the intro to like uh, like come original, and you'll understand what what chopping is because that's yeah that's full on. It hits, man. So, um, and then that's when, uh, Joey and I met up, mm-hmm. uh, and we started a band and we were like half covers, half jam band stuff. But when we would play our rockin', like when we would really get into something rockin', that's when we got the biggest response out of our audience. And mm-hmm. that's also when we would physically get into the music. Other than that, you know, we're playing Black Crows songs and just, you know, trying to pretend like we love what we're doing. But, and I love Black Crows, but, you know, uh. I definitely grew up in a more metal mm-hmm. household. Um, so, um, you know, that translated to uh, really getting into Linkin Park yeah. and uh, really starting to love this. I was really into Nonpoint, which is, a, you know, yeah. like when Linkin Park started to blow up Nonpoint and Statement, that came out. And I was just, man, I was just like, this is the best ever. And System of a Down and... And uh, everything from that era, uh, Incubus, you know, like I started listening to that and really wanted to make music like those guys. And that was the first Egypt Central record, mm-hmm. essentially. We yeah. took from all that stuff. Uh, had no idea what we were doing, you know, like <laughs> writing a song. We just knew, we knew, you know, like, okay, this is what a song should sound like. Right. But, you know, we spent a lot of time working on songs and, uh, and then that's the rest is history after that. You know, when you, and, and I want to talk about, and, and we will throughout this, uh, the relationship with Joey, because I think that's, um, I want to say it's, it, it, it seems like, at least from my vantage point, that that, that kind of elongated, uh, long term friendship, bandmate relationship, um, it, there's a, there's a ton of challenges to keep those things, you know, going and to, to keep them kind of uh, motivated and together, you know, and, yeah. but to go through and, and we'll talk about kind of the, the Egypt central uh, ending and then the, the, the birthing, uh, the bloody birthing of devour the day. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's just a really cool thing. And I'm, I'm going to touch on that, but you know, when you're 
obviously drummer first. Is that your that was, that's your, oh, yeah. that was your first drive? Well, my first instrument was the guitar. Yeah. And singing. I really wanted to be a Gavin Rosdale when I was <laughs> now, when I was in seventh and eighth grade. Because of his vocal range or because, you know, <laughs> I've I've seen the Gavin Rosdale uh, fan club and it <laughs> So I think you I think you do. I think you're you're pulling it off, man. I love um it. No, I, I uh I, I I had a really great conversation with Vinnie Paul, yeah. um, and I told him this. I was like, so in my first band, we tried to play Metallica songs. We tried to play Pantera songs. Mm. We tried to play Slayer songs. Um, we played Rage Against the Machine songs, and the only band that we couldn't cover was Pantera. Yeah. Because it was just too hard to play, and uh, I think he really liked that. Yeah, <laughs> like the like, only reason why we didn't right. play you guys, we tried a lot, but we couldn't. We could barely make it through one one Pantera song, you know. Yeah. Just because, like, I mean, as soon as it came time for a solo, you know, the guitar just was didn't. You know, that <laughs> this just didn't doesn't. Happen. This doesn't do what Dime was able to do with it. Oh you yeah, know? yeah. And that, that's you know and. and kind of jump around here a little bit and we talked about this uh, before we started the podcast is um we were in a conversation about seven dust and we'll get to that that recent tour that you guys were just on but um you know pantera was one of those bands that just like it didn't exist in radio like it wasn't there you know it you had it had to be something that you discovered um it was almost like from a friend like a friend yeah. like had the cassette you know they they yeah. had uh um you know vulgar display of power or something and, and it just kind of you've like it was almost like the secret, like nobody knew about it. But then on the weekend, you would just yeah. crank that shit up, or you know, after school, pump it in the car and, and pop the cassette it, tape in, and it just in, in its own its own like phenomenon, and it and it's it's it, it lives in that you know phenomenal area. You know, when bands mm-hmm. like Metallica, obviously, you know, took it to radio and took it hard to radio, and 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 still do to this day. Um, you know, and even Slayer, I think you kind of fit that in there too, because they were also one of those bands that that radio was not not on, over, but we're going out and doing massive things, and and you know, are kind of on their their exit tour right now. But it's um, Pantera was just one of those bands that, yeah, I mean, there was nobody like him, and I, there will there will never be anybody who could do it like uh, like they did. And 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 rest in peace to to Diamond and to Vin uh, and Vinnie Paul, one of the absolute. I mean, I, I, I opened with how genuinely awesome of a person that you are. And Vinnie Paul is, is right there. I mean, he is, I mean, no, totally. no nonsense. And the nicest guy, like, you know, we're in market BFE up here. And here I am having a cocktail and a conversation with Vinnie Paul, you know, in our, in our booth at Rockfest one year. And I'm like, this dude is just like genuinely good, like a genuinely yeah. good human being who, by the way, is maybe one of the best drummers who ever lived. Just amazing. Yeah. But so and uh, yeah, he. I went and saw Phil and Salmo. Yeah, not too long ago, mm-hmm. and they played a couple of the Phil and Salmo and the Illegals. He played like three of the songs, and then he turns around to the audience and he's like, "All right, I know what you fucking came for. Let's play this shit." And they started they started playing Pantera, and everybody <laughs> in that whole room <laughs> lost their minds. Oh, God. And the dudes that. The dudes that were up there, uh, I don't have anything bad to say. I mean, they yeah. they 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 killed those tunes. They mm-hmm. played them really well, and he sang them 
just as you know you would think he he hasn't lost anything right. like he is still amazing and so i as somebody who never got to see pantera yeah. was smitten i lost it i was just jumping up and down i mean i it might have <laughs> been you you would think it was be my first concert i ever went to like this is rock music this, i have been, where am i where have i oh been? my gosh where have i been where's this been my whole life yeah but it was so good yeah it it's in those type of bands, and I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, you as an artist, uh, you know, getting into music and guitar and singing and, and, and drumming and trying to, you have a sound that you really are drawn to. And, and for you, you know, obviously a, a, a array of sounds, you know, when you talk about anything from Pantera to 311 uh, and Incubus in there and Rage and, and System of a Down, you know, such a wide range of rock-based sounds but you know a lot of them completely different but it to try to emulate something and just and learning uh just how difficult you know perfecting music is not perfecting but to, to like wow how how great dime was and you know how you know phil could just kill it and and Vinny and um and you look at all those bands that you talked about and it's i think it gives artists and and you can attest to this you can tell me i'm you know way off mark which which happens i have a wife that tells me that all the time but (laughs) um you know i think it it always for artists that are really in it you know if you're in it to uh, progress and to grow and to get your sound out to write it just gives you this like constant carrot in front of a donkey kind of thing like man i just i'm gonna keep going i'm gonna keep learning i'm gonna you know keep playing and I'm going to just, you know, try to bend it a little bit, just a little bit more. And maybe if I hold, yeah. you know, if I hold it down here and I can get that kind of, <laughs> uh, get that, you know, that in there, yeah. but it's music always will, I think influences will always continue to drive artists to be better and to, yeah. to learn more and to, and to grow. And, and I know you guys, you know, went through, you know, your own set of growing pains and, and learning what, uh, what the industry is like and what being in a band band life is all about. You know, the yeah. You know, I think what encompasses the whole thing, though, is just growing as a human being. Right. I know that's a really <laughs> earthy, shitty general thing to say, but uh, I really do feel like uh, everything. You know, you attach success to, you know, how well your band's doing, mm. and what slot you are on that festival, and how how long it's been since you've had a song on radio or mm how many streams you've got, you've got all these things that you can attach it to. And, um, I think that the person who's truly successful can just look at that and say, it's a gift that I can create music. Right. It's a gift that we have it. It's a gift that I'm this, that this is my lifestyle. Like mm-hmm. this is the, this is the life that I chose and I'm able to do it because a lot of people don't get to do what they want to do. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, doing what you're doing and doing it well. So yes, we are striving to get another song on the radio. We are striving to get more streams. We're striving to write a new record that, uh, is successful, Mm. but getting upset that it's not right. is something that, you know, I think everybody just has to learn because if you're upset that you're not successful, I mean, at the end of the day, you can blame it on everybody, but yeah. is that going to make you happy mm-hmm. to sit there and say, well, the radio doesn't want to play our song because, you know, we, 
we're not relevant anymore and you know radio just abandoned us or you could say you know our audience is too dumb to understand our music <laughs> you know yeah. like, things like that which i hear people say I, I i read this huge thread the other day about how upset this guy was that uh there's this thing called buy on bands where mm-hmm. a band you know can pay money to be on a big tour and we've always been taught that as soon as you do that you become the buy on band and you can't get on a tour unless you offer up money right and maybe that's true uh, i don't know we've never we've never paid to be on a tour but you know, we've certainly taken such low money on tours that it basically was like we <laughs> it were buying. Them. It cost yeah. us more to be there yeah. than we came home with. But yes, we didn't really make anything. It was more of exposure, and I think yeah. that's a fair trade. I think, Absolutely. I think, I think if you have a band and you're a group of 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 people, men and women, that collectively throw a bunch of money into you, invest in a record, you invest in advertisement, you invest in radio, you invest in touring. Um, who cares if they bought it's good exposure these people yeah. are working hard to get up there if your band is you know if you've been doing it for 20 years and you're upset because there's a brand new band on a huge tour it's not maybe the, the you just have to look inward and see like yeah. why am I upset why am I jealous yeah. because it, that's what it is I mean that's like Dave Chappelle says it's just like comedians it's like they hate each other. They're jealous of each other. They talk shit on each other. They love each other. You know, they see each other every day. It's the same way in 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 the music industry. Mm-hmm. You just you see, you see good people doing great things. You see people that uh, you don't have a high opinion of doing great things. You see, um, and everything in between. You know, yeah. good people fail. You know, people that you maybe feel like deserve it fail. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but I think that that all says something about the kind of person you are. Yeah. If you're happy when you see people fail, there's something wrong. <laughs> if you're jealous when you see people do great things, something wrong. And uh, so I think that, you know, all the success aside and all the failures aside, it's just, you know, how do we deal with it? Mm-hmm. And are we growing as human beings? Can we not point the finger at each other when something goes wrong? Can we not hold the credit when something goes right, you know? Yeah, there's, it's, I mean, it's a struggle. And a lot of that is, 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 you know, your mentality on, on things and on yourself and on, you know, your view of, of the world and in, and not just in, I think the, the music industry, but in life in general, if you have that victim mentality and, yeah. you know, you are that when jealousy comes into play or when anger comes into play or when happiness comes into play, when somebody else is suffering or somebody else has, you know, maybe somebody who was fell under a lucky star, whether you, you know, if you're into the believing in luck or not, but they got theirs, they got, you know, they got on this tour, they bought their way on this tour and then, then something happened and they fail or their follow-up album was a flop, you know, um, according to the success and the charts and, and, and sold and streamed. But if you have that, that victim mentality in any walk of life in any career path in any, and it's always somebody else. It's always their fault. It's always yeah. somebody. I I am here because somebody else of somebody else is doing. You know. Yeah. When you start to be able to, you know, take responsibility for your life, and I think take responsibility for your decisions, and and find gratitude. And I think you you hit the nail on the head when you said 
you get to wake up every day as a, a musician, as an artist, as somebody who has found a way to follow what they wanted to do with their life and gets to do it and isn't and doesn't, you know, roll with a, you know, chip on their shoulder or I'm, you know, jealousy. It's just like, man, I I'm, I'm I get to get up and oh, well, I tell well, you, the chip is there. <laughs> well, it's, it's just the, whether or not I'm actually like listening to that. You know, it's, it's the I, devil I, and the I, angel I, on the shoulder. Yeah, totally. But, I mean, when I see when I see bands that I don't know doing great things, I'm like, what? How? You know? <laughs> and when I see good bands not getting radio play, I'm like, what? How? You know? Yeah. Um, I get mad all the time, but uh, you know, am I? Am I? Am I manifesting those things? Right. Uh, I try not to. Sometimes I get angry with my people I work with. You know, sometimes I get really angry with Joey. Sometimes he gets really angry with me. But you know, do we? Uh, we're definitely not perfect. That's yeah. all I'm really trying to say. But is, the, uh, but I think you're, you you'll have emotion and those kind of feelings. I think when you're also when you're driven. You know, when you're yeah. when you're motivated to to continue um, to continue on the life that you have you know, been blessed to have and you're able to, to write and produce and sing and, and, and play. Um, but you, there always is going to be that when you're driven inside, yeah. like, Oh man, you know what we, here's what we should do. I mean, and maybe you take that, yeah. those, you know, those examples of, of getting upset about uh, something happening or somebody else having success or, and you go, it's all reflection. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but then you look that you can learn something, you know, you can take yeah. that as a, okay, yeah, why am I upset that they're doing what they're doing? It's because I'm not. Why am I not doing it? Well, let's look at that and figure yeah. out. Let's let's work that problem. Looking inward. And usually, and usually, yeah, exactly. And usually, I feel like um, to not wake up every day and create something, mm-hmm. to not wake up and be a musician, or to be work doing something that works towards that livelihood is not only taking advantage of the huge gift that is this life, mm-hmm. but it's also um, just lazy. Yeah. <laughs> and that's not a, that's not a good, uh, way to live. So, yeah. And, um, and, and being content, you know, I think there's yeah. and a lot of artists, you know, what, whatever level that they're at, there's always this, you know, there's some that get to a point where it's just content, you know, yeah. they're, they're good to go out and, you know, they got the, the shows in the bag and it's, you know, it's produced well and it's done well. And they're just, you know, going through the motions. Um, and I think, yeah. you know, some people can tell when when they watch a show, um, or even even you know, to use comedians as you mentioned, Dave Chappelle, who, who's who's not somebody who just kind of hones it in. He's got he's got his shit on lock, but uh, but there are that just kind of go through and, and maybe they're pulling the same bits and the same routines, and you're like, oh, this maybe this person's kind of just now going on past success. You know, we're I'm out yeah. here because I am who I am. But but for those who are still you know trying to be better and they're not content with, with where they are, they keep on creating. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's a power that again comes from within. Um, yeah. So at, back to Egypt central. And, uh, when we first had met, you know, it was, it was after Egypt central had, had kind of gone away and, and we never really, I think at that, it was so early on, uh, when we first connected, um, that we didn't really touch on it a whole lot, um, uh, because devour the day was just, was out and, you know, Goodman was having success and, you know, follow-up tracks were having success. Um, you know, for you to go through, and this obviously has happened multiple times and happens to artists all the time. Um, you're in a band and, you know, you think it's going to be the greatest thing and it's, this is, you know, this is it. We finally, we got it, you know, 
from figuring out the name of the band to, you know, we got our timing down to we got this figured out. And, and then shit happens and you're like, oh, what is what are those moments like to overcome and to get through when you you kind of feel like you're on a good roll and then and then things change and you have to kind of adapt and, and readjust your course? Um, that's a really good question because I feel like that happens every day with everybody who's ever doing anything in the mm. public eye. Yeah. Uh, and the sky is always falling. There's always something, <laughs> you know? And I, and I, I think that, that focusing on all the good, well, well, I should say that, have you ever seen the movie or the show, uh, Silicon Valley? I have not. Okay. Well, it's an amazing show. And, Writing the whole down. thing is is centered around pivoting mm. and yeah. figuring out ways to take something that is a disaster and turn it into gold, you know. And that's 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 the grace that kept us going, mm-hmm. or not the grace. That's the uh, fuel that kept us going. Is that when that was all happening? When you know when the band was falling apart, and the reasons don't matter. Mm-hmm. But when the band was falling apart, Joey and I kept writing songs. Yeah. And those five songs, uh, which were Blackout, Move On, were um, released, but it was like a, it was really dark and non radio <laughs> song. Uh, but it's a really great song. It's like, it's one of those songs that we just haven't figured out. One day it might come out, but right. we just don't know. We just haven't figured it's, it out. It's there. It's in the vault. Yeah. Um, but those songs propelled us. They gave mm-hmm. us they gave us uh, wind in our sails. Um, because we were like, you know, well, we have two options. We could either continue on as Egypt Central and we find a new singer and they'll sing these songs. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'll sing these songs as Egypt Central, like the drummer steps into the front. And we were just like, man, that's so lame. You know, like, yeah, I, I'm not, I don't sound anything like John. Mm -hmm. So for me to just step into those shoes and expect people to be like, yeah, it's like, no, it's not the same thing. Right. You know, I mean, I, I get it. I understand why when bands, when bands split up and people go and do their solo things, it's so hard for the audience to go and watch a band play songs because it's just not the same thing. It's the, it's the union of the two or the three or the four that make it what it is. Yeah. You play the music all, all you want. It's just, that's just, it reminds people of a time, you know? Um, so that's why we were just like, we're just going to shut Egypt Central down because it can't be redone. Right. We can't find, if we did find somebody that sounded a lot like John, it's still not the band. Mm-hmm. So let's just do something brand new, wipe the slate clean, you know, that way we don't we can dismiss some of the songs that we're not so proud of. Right. <laughs> in Egypt's <laughs> don't know that land. one. Yeah, I forgot that one. Which, I won't say which ones, but they're out there. <laughs> um, and this new music was already had me singing it. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Um, so we were like, we, oh, well, we're not afraid of the sound. This isn't a bad. It doesn't. I mean, it's it's definitely you can tell that it's my first crack at learn. You know, singing and whatnot. But. Mm. Um, we didn't think it was so terrible. Right. So we were like, okay, let's give it a shot. And so we did. And, uh, 
And so I, you know, it was terrifying it, mm-hmm. to answer your yeah. question. It was awful. And, uh, but you know, we were fueled by so many things, the songs, revenge, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. showing how, you know, Hey, look at, you know, there was, there's a lot of selfishness and mm-hmm. that went into it. And, you know, um, but it still was good. You know, I, right. I, I don't, I don't hate on the fact that we, I wasn't in a good headspace, but at the same time, I know I wasn't. <laughs> well, I think there's, you, whatever you do, you know, however you have to overcome things. And I think, you know, for you getting out of that comfort zone of being behind the kit, um, to front and center, to drums, to guitar, obviously, you know, you've, you've, you've had the, the skill set on both, but that, that in itself is, in overcoming. And I think when you can utilize things like the emotions that you, you mentioned, you, you know, there's, there's some angst there. There's some, you know, I'm going to prove, I'm going to prove what's what, but that helps fuel anytime you have to get out of your comfort zone and get into a new area. If you don't have something, you know, this is not, it's not all kumbaya and namaste and all that shit. I think that's a part of it, but I think you have to be able to, when it's like, fuck, I'm going from there to here. And instead of getting the, the, the heebie-jeebies or the jitters, you're just like, yeah, but here's why I'm doing it. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's the same thing. I think when you, when you incorporate like a, a, like a fitness routine into something, if you get to a point where you're like, God, I can't just do that. You know, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then you find like some gasoline to put on your fire and you're like, yeah, wait a minute, I'm going to use, you know, this is why this is, yeah. this is my anger. This is, you know, somebody, yeah. you know, said this about me and I'm going to just, I'm going to you know, put this in the gas tank. And, um, so it's, you know, getting out of that comfort zone, but utilizing the real raw emotion of, of what it is, because, you know, it's not wrong to feel those, you know, to have those emotions because they're legit, they're real. And if, but you use yeah. them obviously in a context where it was, you know, we're going to push forward and however the, you know, hell or high water, however we're going to get there, Whatever I have to utilize as my my fuel, we're we're pushing through and and yeah. devour the day. As I mentioned earlier, was birthed, was birthed. Yeah, yeah. It was it was an ugly, non hospital <laughs> back back of the, <laughs> you know, in the back of a Volkswagen yeah. on the way to the hospital kind of birth. But it was not, uh, it's not there. one that they put. They didn't. They didn't have the the camera phone uh, taking video of it and yeah. showing it, it, it. If it comes up on Facebook, it's got that two graphic. You know, it contains graphic footage, yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. But, I, I always imagine it like the uh, like the scene in Talladega Nights where he just whips the car around and the birth. <laughs> Baby just comes out of her, and that's how Ricky Bobby. <laughs> that's was born. how Ricky born. Bobby was born. Oh, that's, that's yeah. a good reference. Um, yeah, Devour the Day had 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 success and continues to have success, and and um, you know has it's gone and, and been a part of many things that that you know the station was a part of. You and I have had a chance to to do a lot of things, but there was one thing uh, in particular um, that you guys did, uh, and it and it's been it's been a minute, but um, you know the soundtrack to your story. Uh, it, it was such a cool concept. And I think, and, and I'll let you, you know, kind of embellish on, on how it became what it became. But, you know, if you want to talk about something that just had this real, real life, organic, non-pressurized, non-Hollywood um, message to it. I mean, it just, you know, you watch those those videos and you you just believe, you know, you have this like, um, this inspiring 
story. And I think, you know, for you guys to, to, to go back and to bring these things kind of, uh, to put on the forefront and, and, and make it a, a conscious effort, you know, tell me about, you know, soundtrack, how the idea came up and, and what it kind of grew into from, you know, original concept to, wow, this is, you know, this is well, where it happened or it ended. The story, the, the story that's behind it is, is pretty long, but, um, you know, I, it took a lot of effort to get it started because, mm. you know, nobody really wants to um, back something they don't understand, right. you know. And I'm not going to lie, we didn't really understand what it was either. But mm. um, we knew there was something more. We knew that our the connection with the audience was beyond what we could could fit into a meet and greet or a signing at a merch table. Right. The music means something to the audience. And it's not our music. It's not... It's not, it's not it's one single person's contribution to the world of music. It's mm. as an artist. There's something about the rock community. And we, but we, didn't, we, couldn't, we hadn't put our finger on it yet. And um, it, was a, it was like a journey of discovery in the sense that when we were finished, we figured out that this community is going to be here whether or not Devour the Day writes a song, whether or not disturbed shine down list goes on any the rock community is going to exist and support its rock music because they choose to yeah and in any which way whether you know whatever so that was really humbling Mm. to know that your fans aren't really fans of you they like you because of who you are and the stuff that you do and and they've listened to your music and they've they they've deemed it worthy of rock of the rock world and some of them use the songs to get through as motivation kind of like we were talking about earlier some of them um sometimes a song hits a chord and it sparks reaction they they have an appreciation for the person that wrote it um but we we realized through the whole thing that this wasn't, it really isn't about us. And that's, I, there's so, you know, I feel like if you ask any rock guy, right. it's, like, it's all about the fans, mm. everything, you know, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. Thank you guys so much. You know, we owe you everything. And that's unfortunately, uh, the stereotype, the soundtrack to your story and our song, wonderful creatures and all that stuff gets, gets, you know, lumped into, but right. yeah, Really, the truth is what we realize, but it's really hard to convey through song and through video, is that uh, the rock community is very unique. The music community is very unique, whether it's rock or whatever, Mm -hmm. truly. The people that love music and live with it and live by it, um, and the people that create it, images that they self-project it's all wrong. It's all backwards. Yeah. You know, it's like worship me, come to my show, worship me. Mm-hmm. The truth is, what's really happening is those people are going to be in that room on Friday night, whether it's you or it's blah 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 or whoever. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. It's the same people. I mean, you get a you get a fringe audience, you know, but the core, the people in the mosh pit, they mm-hmm. they recognize each other every time, you know. Yeah, yeah. they become friends, and so. Uh, that's what we realized. And then that's, if that doesn't motivate somebody to continue to write, I don't know what would, because it's like, yeah, you get to be a part of this thing. 
You get to be an ambassador of rock music. So just go home, sit down with your acoustic guitar or whatever it is, and write a fucking song. (laughs) (laughs) And put it out. There's, you know, stop waiting. Just get good at your craft. That's that's kind of what, when when we came home, Joey and I knew that, like, it doesn't matter what happens with the music that we release. If we release it and it flops, or if we release it and it blows up, it doesn't matter. Let's just keep keep writing. Right. And that's 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 the thing. And that's what we got from it. Yeah, and it again, such a uh, an eye opening perspective on things. And I think you you touched on a lot of points there that that get lost. And and when you're talking about the you know thank you, it's all about the fan stuff. You know that has always. And again, I half foot in the music industry, I think from, from the radio aspect of it, but that is like, feels like it's on the set list, you know, like oh, yeah. you have the set list and then it's like, don't forget to thank the fans, you know, as like a, Oh, it's as, on my set list. As part, yeah. But I you think know? it's, but I gotta say it. If I don't actually say it, like, I look like a jerk. Sorry. <laughs> but you guys, this is about me. I don't know if you saw this hair. So here's Gavin Rosdale's haircut. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> But there, there is, you know, the, in the rock community, and I think you'll, you'll have that in not just the rock community, because I will say there's the passion formats, the passion genres. You're right. The story of rock and roll, you know, will be written and the artist names will be in there and people will read that. And they, but it's, it's less, it's, it's about the connection that an individual has to a song, uh, to a band, to a, a, a message, you know, that connection doesn't doesn't die. You know it, that keeps on going, and 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 it can transcend. It can transcend from, you know, a, a Zeppelin song into a Bowie song into you know a Pantera song and into a Devour the Day song. You know, it just it it, it the reason that that rock is um, as successful as as it is, and it may not be as prevalent, you know, in mm-hmm. the overall like media scheme of things. It might not be as well documented and seen. Um, because that's kind of how we like it, you know. We yeah. Because it's a because it's about more. It's about more than just you know growing your hair long and getting tattoos and you know you know devil horns and you know that connection to the music uh, and the the art of of the mosh pit and headbanging and jumping around on stage full of energy. That is that connection is is rooted so much deeper. Than, mm-hmm. than what I think could ever be portrayed accurately. Um, if there's a reason that pop music is called pop music, because it's popular, because it's, yeah. it's and it's popular because it's surface and it's and and, and even if you get into like the the T Swift stuff, it's like ooh broke up with my boyfriend and I know I'm sad but I'm okay because I got T Swift. <laughs> you know I don't I don't necessarily know that you know and not to you know T to bless her she's she's done her thing and uh and is living living the life of it um but that it, it it feels and if you are a person that, that is driven by emotion it, it feels fake you know it doesn't feel like i can re- i can't relate to you know a lot of pop music um i think it has its place i think it has its its merit but yeah rock and roll um and I'm gonna hurt your feelings a little bit, but I think country music has the same. Oh, it don't hurt my feelings at all. There's there's a connection. I love country music. Yeah, there's a connection I think between audience and a song that you yeah. just you don't find in in a lot of other genres, just because it's so yeah. like 
like you feel it. Like you're not just like, oh, I, I heard that song. Well, did, did, but I felt, you know, I felt faithless. You know, I yeah. felt it inside. Like I, not only do I kind of get what, you know, and, and not fully understand what, you know, Blake was thinking as he wrote this song, but I sure as hell know how it makes me feel. And that's where I think yeah. that connection continues to go on. And yeah, that it, it, they'll come out and they'll see a show and they'll stand in front and they'll mosh and they'll jump and they'll be exhausted to the end of the night right along with you. But the story will, will continue yeah. on inside them. And that's to be able to bring that into, you know, a descriptive form and a, and a visual form was just uh, an outstanding um, concept. And to, to understand that you guys hadn't really, like, I have no idea how we're going to do this, but that well, you went I, through it. You know, yeah, we did. We, we, um, we just fumbled our way through it, to be honest. <laughs> I mean, we, we knew we wanted to do something yeah. and we knew we were going on a journey. We knew we were going to figure it out as we were out there. Mm. And I don't think that we, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's the last time we'll do it because I think there's a more direct way to show that. I, I think we focused on people's stories and, you know, we got testimonials to figure out who they are and why music is important to them. Um, and I think the second time around when we do it again, uh, I should say if we do it again, but when we do it again, that's what I'm, I'm just going to go over that. There you go. Commit. Uh, yeah. When we do it again, I think we'll focus more on the rock community itself mm. rather than just individual stories. Even though those individual stories are what make they 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 are the building blocks of it. Mm -hmm. But I think that we'll we'll try and portray how special the rock community is. And like you know, you you, you use the when you talk about pop music, a lot of the people that are choosing rock music they find camaraderie in the fact that they and the person standing next to them do not like pop music. Right. Mm -hmm. They're like, fuck these beautiful people. We're a bunch <laughs> of ugly people, you know? And I, I totally, I think that's, that's what rock music truly is, uh, centered around is just the group, right? The community, you know, being a part of a group, knowing that, you know, you're surrounded by pe like-minded people is something that everybody strives to, for. I don't care. I mean, you know, maybe somebody tr out there truly wants to be alone, but <laughs> yep. I feel like most people yeah. want to be able to laugh, cry, mm -hmm. get pissed off, rant with people. Yeah. Um, everybody wants to be seen in some way. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I just think that it's, uh, how you do it. And I'm, and I'm, eternally grateful to the people that choose rock music yeah. because the flip side of it is that I, that I'm lucky enough to create it for them. Well, it's again, it's, it's a beautiful, a beautiful community of, of individuals who I think, and one of the, one of the coolest things about them. And I learned this, you know, in, in radio, because I always thought that I had my, my hands on discovery. You know, I, I thought I knew what discovery was about. But the coolest thing to to witness and to be witness to, and then to in in kind of envelop yourself in, is and I see this a lot in the, that rock community is when somebody finds a song, however they come across it. If it's you know they they're on YouTube and all of a sudden you know the YouTube playlist starts to kick out these things because they you know the algorithms they Big Brother's watching all this stuff, but they find a song from a band that like not many people know, and they 
you know, they, they share it on social media or the best part when they just kind of tell you face to face, like, have you heard this song? And you're like, no, I haven't, yeah. I haven't heard it. And that yeah. is how like true organic emotional discovery of new music is. Um, and that's why I think you have that popularity of, of the streaming services is because people can go, no, li- I want you to gotta hear this now. You know what you want? Yeah. Like you need, you can't. Like they're so, they, they, they 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 hear a song and they just get so excited about God you just you, you know you have to listen here I'm, give me your phone give me your phone I'm gonna put it in your you know your playlist yeah. here um, <laughs> they do such a great job of, of helping spread that and and I think even the social media platforms have become uh, you know launching pads for artists and artists have been able to be um, have success on their own levels because of that group of people that shares a song that they like or shares oh. an artist that they like and all of a sudden that artist you know grows. You know, in a in a non corporate push down your throat. Here's the next band. You're gonna love them because you have to because it's all we're gonna play. Um, yeah. So there's something about that that community that um, you know continues to inspire and continues to grow. And I'm gonna I'm gonna get you out of here on this question. Um, this podcast again has become a lot about inspiration and about what what moves people forward. And we've talked a lot about you know the rock community and the unity that's there. Uh, for you as an artist, um, who again gets to get up and and create, and you know, has found obviously through the story we just told with with soundtrack, um, find found a new drive to to continue to create, not basing it on you know the end result, but just creating because you have that that talent to do so. Who out there in, inspires you? Like, who do you look at? Um, and, and it could be a group. I think maybe yeah. maybe that that audience that we talked about, that community we talked about, that 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 is a huge inspiration. But is is there is there somebody out there that go you go yeah that you know when I'm feeling like this, I think of this person or this, what what inspires Blake Allison? Um, you know, I it, it comes from all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but what inspires me to write music? Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's just, I don't, you know, that's a really hard question because inspiration is everywhere. Yeah. You know, um, my girlfriend talks about something that she did yesterday that was creative. Like she goes to an art class Mm -hmm. and, um, it's it. I guess the answer to that question is so general that I need to tell you something specific so you can, <laughs> no, <laughs> so I, I can describe I you know think, like the kinds of places that they come from. But that's but, uh, but that is that's so accurate though. I think yeah, it, it's it's a and it's a beautiful statement to say. It's not a person, a, a specific person all the time. It's not yeah. a, a specific artist. It's not a specific event. It's finding inspiration in everything. That's sure. out there and saying, you know, and, and however you use it, it could be, you know, reverse negative inspiration where you're like, ooh, don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Don't want to. Yeah. Okay. I'm inspired yeah. not to take that step in that direction because, damn, it's and, yeah. and it's dirty down there. But right. I think op- when you when you open your eyes a little bit to all of the inspiration that's out there, and it, and it, it stems from gratitude. It stems from being oh, yeah. grateful about um, life and existence and its frailty, but awareness yeah self-awareness you're being aware that like oh uh right now uh page is my girlfriend Mm -hmm. page is telling me something that she learned at an art class 
um, where the, 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 the guy that was teaching the class had them draw some still objects, mm-hmm. you know, and he had them just do whatever they're, they've been trained to do first, you know, and she drew these things and shaded them perfectly and had a little trouble here and this and that and the other had a time limit, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and then he was like, okay. And then he had him do all these exercises. He's like, okay, throw that away. I want you to draw the same thing uh, without, you know, looking. You know, now you've got it. Don't look at it anymore. Just draw what you remember drawing. Mm-hmm. And then he had him draw uh, without looking at the paper, just staring at the thing and drawing it based on how they, you know, remember it. And then he had him uh, eyes closed, draw it. And then he had him without lifting the pen draw this whole thing again without looking at the image just from memory and he said and th- and then she showed me that one you know mm-hmm. and that one was amazing it had so much energy in it like you can wow. see how she was trying to shade without picking the pencil up you know and she was drawing from memory and so it wasn't perfect at all mm-hmm. and he was like that's what art is Wow. You know, you're drawing from your mind, your interpretation, the human response full of error mm-hmm. to what some to telling a story of something that exists. And so I was like, yes, yes, that's it. <laughs> that's what that's what this. And so yeah. I went and worked on some music that I felt like was like, you know what? I don't care uh, what genre I'm in. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to write what feels good. I'm going to try and tell a story. And if I'm not telling a story, then I'm not doing then I'm not writing a song. So I started writing music like that. And you know, Joey will write some music and that'll inspire me to like, you know, we kind of like, we consider it iron sharpens iron, you know, mm-hmm. he writes a song, I write a song, he writes a song, I write a song, you know, um, but he's, he's incredible. He's much faster than I am. Like he, he writes a song and then has it. And then a day later has another one, you know, but uh, he's more aerodynamic, <laughs> you know, he's more <laughs> he's streamlined in the wind, you know? <laughs> He's got that, uh, got that clean, got that clean cut. Yeah, but no, he's what well, yeah, he the, the differences are between us are 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 great. It's the dichotomy, you know, of his personality type and mine personality type that I think make uh, really great records. Yeah. And, and they do, and and will continue to do so. Blake Allison, I can't say thank you enough, my friend, uh, for the time. Uh-huh. I know it's, uh, uh, I, I think sometimes things just work out, uh, with scheduling, you know, it's, there's just a lot, you know, there's life, life has this, so many different elements that I don't want to say get in the way, but like present themselves. And then you kind of got to, I think you mentioned the word pivot a couple of times yeah. in there, you know, we've been kind of trying to set this up. And then the first time I messaged you, I think you were, you were on the, on a, on the skillet tour. Um, but to have this time, and I think this energy and this conversation, uh, planned out or panned out the way that it was supposed to. And, um, I thank you not just for the time, but for, for the inspiration and, and for the music. I think that's, um, knowing the energy and the thought and the creativity and the inspiration that goes into the process and the, the overcoming that you had to go through as an artist. Um, you know, it's, it's something that anybody who listens to this podcast, if they're in the rock community, if you're if you just listen because you want to be inspired, there's so much to draw out of it and to put into yeah. I think application in in any life, um, 
but I'm just I'm so glad that we got to to catch up and to hang out and to Likewise. finally after seven years of knowing one another have time to have a a real conversation. So it, it's been yeah. inspiring <laughs> and um, yeah, I appreciate the opportunity no, to, to do it. Really, I don't get to do this very often, and uh, you know, I uh, I just I'm thankful that, you know, your listeners are listening and um, I'm glad that you are, uh, you know, you would consider me for something like this. And thanks for hearing me out. Absolutely. Great stories. Great times. Best of luck for the rest of 2019. I know you got some things coming up and uh, I know you're going to go out and and, and do what Devout the Day does and do what Blake Allison does. And that's just, you know, continue to be awesome. And uh, I thank you for the... Continue to suck. <laughs> you suck in such a good way, though. You know, oh, God, you such, suck. Yeah. You suck awesomely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Take it in context, people. Take it in context. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, brother. We'll get, we'll put the uh, we'll links up for the uh, Devour the Day uh, socials and website and stuff up on uh, on the show notes here, so you can click on those and stay up to date with what they got going on, uh, dates and music and all that good stuff. But thank you, brother. I appreciate you. Hey, thank you. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Blake Allison, Devour the Day, thank you so much for being a part of the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. You, thank you so much for listening and being a dedicated podcast listener. By the way, if you are not subscribed yet, make sure that you do that. Whichever platform that you're on, whether you're listening on your iPhone, on the Apple Podcast app, or you're on your Android device, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and Spotify, we're on the iHeartMedia app. We are on Radio.com's app. We are everywhere with the Welcome to Cooperville podcast. Hit that subscribe button, and every time a new episode drops, and we've been just banging them out lately, you're going to get an update to let you know to listen. Also, to get other updates, follow us on all the social medias. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and the Instagram. So searching Welcome to Cooperville. You'll find us. Give us a follow, give us a like, and join the journey. And learn all about the 95% rule, which we are killing over here. Big special shout out to my friend Nick and Holistic Remedies for all your CBD and beard oil needs. Make sure you head up to holisticremedies.net. Enter the promo code COOPER10 and get 10% off all of your orders. Again, that is at holisticremedies.net. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Welcome to Cooperville podcast on the web at welcometocooperville.com.